This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Vols, site manager over at onefoot.com on the FB Nation Network. With me tonight, senior editor Jude Seymour, all the way over in New York. Jude, what's up, Knight? Hey man, I was uh, researching New Mexico and just wondering aloud why Bob Davies still is employed by anyone. <laughs> Are you saying he should have never been employed by ESPN? <laughs> well, I mean, you didn't, want to, the, you didn't want to hear the word football. Like uh, being, more being a third more wheel more? behind uh, Brent Musburger and Kurt Herbstreit is uh, certainly an accomplishment in life, but. Uh, no, I was more referring to the Lobos' terrible seasons uh, sandwiched with Davies' um, violation of ethical conduct and uh, compliance portions of his contract. Uh, you know, it, it makes you that's wonder, a nice too, way of like, saying that, right? You know, he probably had one of like the best college staffs, like if you, possible, with, like Charlie Strong, Urban Meyer, Dan Mullen, Steve Adazio. Yeah. So how do you do so poorly? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like things should have been a lot better <laughs> and things got handed off to you, you know, a lot better than the rest of the Notre Dame coaches. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not quite sure if he's a bigger failure than Ty, but it, it seems, it, it seems like it. I mean, this is, this one's personal for me. I, I really wish Bob. Well, this this, this was you. Back, this is your, so. this is your youth. Yeah. I was, I was 98 to 2002. So I, I lived the, the entirety of my time I, as an undergraduate uh, was the Navy year. So, um, you know, I really wanted to see him come back and take his, take his uh, beating personally, you know, personally, but uh, I mean, we'll this took all the joy. on a, a scorecard. So. This took all the joy of covering this game out of it for me. Yeah, it like, really did. Like I, I don't really get too did. like fan. I mean, screw that. Of course, I get fansy when I'm when I'm there covering a game. I mean, it's me for God's sakes. But you know, I'm normal. But I mean, I was really kind of looking forward. I was going to be in that Bob Davy post game presser, and some way somehow there was going to be a text message sent to my dad. Like, can you fucking believe that I'm interviewing Bob Davey after Notre Dame lost in 2019? Like something like that. Like this is just like complete the stress this man put us through as a father and son. I mean, come on. So, I, 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 I said, I said, the, the cold of, game and it's gone. 
I, I stood out in the cold in West Lafayette, Indiana, in a game that was rescheduled from September 14, 2001, and rightfully so, uh, chanting for Bob Davey to be fired. So that was the only thing that was great about being in West Lafayette in December, you know, watching the <laughs> five and seventeen play. That was so. that was awful. We've talked about that before. That was the game where I, I still went down there, man. That it, man, I can't believe this is the anniversary of um, of when that Purdue game should have been played. Yeah. Uh, I, or I guess it was the next day, wasn't it? Or uh, a few well, days. Well, eleventh. The eleventh was a Tuesday, so yeah. I mean yeah, we yeah, can yeah. probably do the math. And maybe it was the fifteenth it was supposed to be played. But anyways, it doesn't matter. But anyways, so. I was down there sleeping in a parking lot in my car <laughs> <laughs> after running from the cops that night. Uh, <laughs> all sorts of all sorts of good things going on. Uh, <laughs> and I never did go down to West Lafayette in December. <laughs> like <how's> this. <laughs> uh, anyways, should we talk about New Mexico for a couple minutes? At you least, know what? Uh, feign some interest. You know what? You can talk about New Mexico tonight <laughs> because okay. I, I am going to follow the lead of my head coach, Brian Kelly. And when Brian Kelly gets there on the, the Tuesday press conferences now held on Mondays for the season, he bet, he said this was this is about them and what they do and yada yada. I mean, he listed off some some very. This was not a Charlie Weiss press conference where Charlie listed off everything about the opposing team, which was one of the most uh, generous and boring and pointless things ever. But uh, this for me, this is I'm with Kelly. This is about Notre Dame and what and what we do. Um, and I took the easy route this this week and. I, I mean, I did. I um, am I taking New Mexico for granted? Yeah, you bet your fucking sweet ass I am. <laughs> I mean, this has been a weird start to the season as it is. So, am I taking a little bit off? Yeah. Did I publish a Notre Dame haiku post this week? Hell no. <laughs> this is, you know, so I know you put in the work. You did the research. Pat has a good story up today with uh, with with the guy that. Guys over at Mountain West Connection on SB Nation, y'all should read that. Pat's preview on Friday. We'll have a whole bunch of nuggets to do about New Mexico, so you should look forward to that. The anti-preview, should I should be writing that after I record this. I say should because if I'm asleep at my desk, I'm asleep at my desk. But <laughs> that will not have any really good pertinent New Mexico information. However, um, it, you know, it's, always a, it's always a good time. So Jude, since you put in the work, you you put in that time card, man. You stayed over for the OT. What do you got? Well, I got a team that is not very good. Um, they're uh, SP yeah, plus. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> and we're done. Uh, welcome to my podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, Go on. Uh, SP plus projection is a four and eight season uh, this year. Obviously, they already got one. Uh, they're winning against Sam Houston State. Uh, to open up the season, uh, Adam from Mount West Connection, as as previously alluded to you uh, in the article with with Pat on our site, uh, thinks they can go six and six, seven and five. Uh, they have a schedule that m- helps them miss kind of the uh, the best teams in the in the Mountain West, and so they don't have to play San Diego State. They don't have to play Fresno State. Um, they do play Liberty. Um, they do play New Mexico State, obviously San Jose State, Colorado State. Um, but this is just, you know, this is Bob Davies team who he took him to a bowl two straight years and now has done, I think, back to back three and nine seasons. When he took him uh, to the bowl game, wasn't that like their their crazy ass like like weren't they like in the top five rushing? 
that year? Was well, it? He, what, what? I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that he used to like to run that the the option offense. The option offense. So yeah, they, I, like they ran a like they ran a form of the option, at, at least when he first got there. Correct. Yes, that's my understanding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So because I mean, my, when, if, if I've watched any New Mexico over the last decade. I'm I'm usually in a different state of mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're questioning life choices probably because you're staying up late to watch some weird, you know, Pac-12 after dark. My wife sort of is questioning my thing. life choices. I know yeah. damn well what I'm doing. <laughs> I can quit anytime. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the offense is returning uh, seven starters. Uh, Davey teased that they were going to play four quarterbacks. Uh, only two have played so far. Uh, again, some of this information might be familiar to people who read the uh, the article that posted today. Uh, Brant Hughes uh, started the the game. Uh, he's a JUCO kid. Uh, he's a now out uh, for an extended period of time. Possibly, I don't think it's the whole season, but it's a shoulder injury. Um, so the next man in is uh, Sharon Jones, a former Tennessee commit, and then a guy that um, you know both Pat. Is that and, someone Tennessee uh, could use right now? <laughs> yeah, right. And and Adam uh, both kind of expect us to see play uh, this weekend is Tevaka Toei Okta. Oh, you're just tearing this name up, aren't you? Tevaka Toei Okta. You didn't get a pronunciation list this week. Teoite. Uh, you know, I practiced this before I got on the podcast and I still, <laughs> and I still couldn't uh, make it sound flawless. So uh, apologies to Tevika if that's how you spell your, say your first name. Uh, he's um, He's got uh, w- described by Adam as a cannon of an arm. Uh, amazingly, he started school in 2016, still has three years of eligibility left. Uh, redshirted his first season and actually got hurt. Um, I think it was the first game of last season and missed the entire season. So. Uh, he's already got back a year. So, um, so that's the QB situation, uh, offensive line. Just the one guy who stands out there is, uh, the right tackle Tayton salts. He's a six, six, 285 pound, uh, junior Two eighty five is not very big, but he didn't give up any sacks, hits or hurries during his 76 snaps against Sam Houston state. So he got a shout out from, uh, pro football focus for that pro football focus college edition, obviously. Um, Amari Davis is their running back. He had 107 yards rushing, 58 yards receiving and two touchdowns, which is pretty cool. I, I think that we would, we would definitely take that. Um, and then their wide receiver group is broken up as speedsters and tall guys. So they've got three speedsters, Jay Griffin, Jordan. Right. Press. Is that how they're listed on the depth chart? Uh, no, that's how Adam guy? listed them in his story today. And, God, uh, Elijah, I wish Lilly. that's how it was. Yeah. And then, um, and and they, I, I didn't, I didn't actually go back and look at the box score uh, for the reasons why. But um, New Mexico actually scored four times uh, in under two minutes against Sam Houston State, and three of those drives were under one minute. So they were, they were scoring quick. I mean, like, what can you really tell from a game against Sam Houston State? But you know, here it is, right? And then uh, we get so you get the speedsters, and then you got the tall trio, uh, Q. Drennan, I think it's Q. I was telling Josh about this before we started recording. His it's just first Q. Name, its first name is Q apostrophe. And then the pronunciation guide gave me Q-U-E. And I was like, okay, like barbecue or um, I, I don't know. Like I was thinking just still Q. And then I started thinking deep about it. And I was like, well, if it was Q, they should just put the letter Q or not give me any pronunciation at all, or maybe put the the word Q C U E. So then that would 
B. And then I thought, well, Q U E in Spanish is K. I mean, is it possible it's pronounced K? So I was. What is going on in your head? I was definitely, I was definitely overthinking it. So I'm gonna go. I'm going. I never. I mean, I didn't need a pronunciation guide if the guy's name was B apostrophe. It's just B. (laughs) Yeah, well, Seymour Flemister, right? So. So yeah, Q is a six two. Aaron Molina, a senior, six three, and Anu Samoye. And I apologize if I butchered that. Six two senior. Um, so that's the offense in a nutshell. Defense: six returning starters. Uh, they gave up five hundred and fifty eight yards of offense to Sam Houston State, which ranked them uh, after the first week one hundred and twenty second. I believe there's what one hundred and thirty FBS teams Where, now. Where's Van, where's Van Gorder Bowling Green ranked? I mean, probably got to be dead last, right? Based on right. The, the, what he's turned in. I did not look it up, but I'm just gonna say dead last. Uh, huge You're in BG huge, territory. Yeah, huge loss that they announced this this week. Aaron Blackwell, their senior nose tackles, out for the season. Um, the kind of guy that's to watch and, 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 uh, again, uh, you know, the fell Adam from the mountain West connection, uh, mentioned this, this guy, uh, Alex Hart, he's the middle linebacker, six, three senior leader of the defense. This is actually the second straight year. He's a senior captain. Uh, he was named the captain and then he had a senior a season engine ending injury against New Mexico state. Uh, he was the team's leading cat tackler through three games last year had not taken a red shirt. So actually availed himself of that new red shirt option and has returned this year as a quote unquote senior again, uh, and a captain again or whatever. So, uh, Dylan Horton is the, the what they call the rush end six, four senior. And then their buck guy is, uh, his nickname is Moana. His first name is Alexander and it's a Vinicolo and he had 101 snaps. Yeah, against, yeah 101 snaps again. Sam Houston state. And he's only his, his career high or his career total coming into that game was uh 310 or 301. So, uh, maybe that guy's going to be a little worn. Uh, we'll see how well he travels. Uh, That's a lot of snaps. just overall, uh, Oh, well, let's talk about special teams. Uh, my favorite guy on this team is Tyson Dyer. Uh, not only did he have an 84 yard punt, which get brought back terrible flashbacks of Randall Cunningham doing that to the New York giants back in like 88, 89, 90, uh, where it just kind of rolled on forever. And I don't know what Dave Maggot was doing, but um, the thing I love about Tyson Dyer is he's the oldest dude on the team, 27 years old. He doubles as a mechanic on the side, according to the game notes. I, I don't know what kind of mechanic. Oh I'm, my God. What? I'm just going to guess like, uh, I don't know, aviation or something, what, you know, what's his Jersey number? Uh, quite good question. I don't, I don't know. Probably something high. Don't you think that kind of feels like a high number? I, I don't know. I think with a punter, you can just do about anything. Yeah, you absolutely could do anything. Uh, he's Australian, of course. Of course he is, right? So Hell yeah, he is. especially yeah. if he's a West Coast putter. Yeah, uh, so que- from Queensland. Looks like his number's 90, if I'm reading his jersey right, or yeah, 95, dude. This, this, 96. That's, so. that's, a, that's a hardcore guy right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't have neck tattoos, to be honest with you. I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed in the lack of tattoos. It looks like maybe he's got one under his arm. So we'll do a tattoo. Someone send a tattoo back. guy over to his house with some strippers and get this job done. Let's get, let's get this going and represent, uh, <laughs> his native Queensland. He just needs uh, like a big, like outline of a fucking Australia on his neck, like on one side. And then like, then just like a, a kangaroo with a Joey popping out of the pouch. I was thinking maybe a koala, a koala, uh, blowing through a didgeridoo. Uh, that's what I was kind of hoping for. So, oh yeah. Or, well, or that, what's that big ass rock they got over there? Is it, is it literally called like big flat rock or something like that? 
Oh, are you talking about? Uh, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I was thinking of. Um, you know what I'm the talking e- about? The, Easter the Island ass- the, with the heads with the like. No, 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 no. I'm talking about that okay. big ass rock in the middle of nowhere. Gibraltar? I don't know. <laughs> I literally don't know. I don't know what you're talking Gibraltar? about. Gibraltar? I'm talking about Alcatraz? <laughs> are you talking about Alcatraz? <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, man. I'm failing you on this dark, one. This so. is a deep dark time. Uh, should, I, should I just do a Google search for Big Ass Rock Australia and see what comes up? Uh, maybe that will. fantastic radio. Absolutely. Yeah. Should. Please stand by while I look up Big who Ass doesn't Rock. Wanna, who doesn't want to know? I mean, wasn't it? It had to be in one of the Crocodile Dundee movies, which is only 70% of everything I know about Australia. <laughs> uh, and 20% is uh, Young Einstein. <laughs> Underrated young movie. Young Einstein. Yeah, Underrated movie. Oh, no. Okay. We're getting we're getting a way off topic here, but that's great. I'm I did not expect a Yahoo I mean, serious reference. Such a, that guy was such a great actor. They named an entire fucking website after him. Website. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, weirdly enough, Tyson Dyer punted nine times during the last game. They actually had, they ran 18 drives. Um, I actually look at Notre Dame, um, drive charts a lot. And I don't recall a single instance that we got above that we've gotten above 16. So 18 drives is a lot. And of course, when you score four times in under a minute, I suppose you can fit in a lot more Uh, or four times under two minutes, I guess I would say. So I, I yet to figure out what Tyson what kind of mechanic Tyson Dyer is, but I, I like that the idea that he's maybe holding down a job while also punting for, for New Mexico. So yeah, uh, obviously I, 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 I my, give the cap to that guy right there. Yeah. I mean, that, that's right. Uh, it's, not like, it's not like he's got a job as like a barista. He's a fucking mechanic. Yeah, absolutely. That's, like, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So just looking at the the group as a whole, um, the, the majority of guys are from California. They got 34 California guys. And actually, if you add up their New Mexico guys, uh, which is 18, and their Texas guys, it's 17. So, like, basically, they have as many New Mexico and Texas guys as they have California guys. So I thought that was kind of interesting because I, I think I sort of expected them to all be sort of from Arizona or New Mexico. And that really wasn't um, – You know, I didn't get a chance yet to listen to uh, Pot of Gold, and they had Matt Hegarty on, uh, who's from New Mexico, uh, Aztec, New Mexico. Without looking, I knew that. Uh, because he's the only New Mexico scholarship never, player Notre Dame's had that I can remember in the last 15 years at least. Um, but they were going to talk to him about about uh, how that works, New Mexico football recruiting. So yeah, that's that's. that's I'm not trying funny. to not trying to lead people down a another to another podcast, but it seemed interesting enough where I made a couple mental notes to make sure I listened to that uh, by tomorrow. So. Yeah, one of the things I, I I found out while I was researching tonight that I thought was kind of a cool tradition is, and I don't I don't think this started with Davy, but Davy uh, maybe maybe Davy did start it. He has one dude from New Mexico run out with the New Mexico flag uh, as part of their runouts during warmups or whatever, and so he rotates them and he tries to pick. Uh, obviously, he picks a dude from New Mexico, but he also tries to pick like a walk on or somebody who's that's had a major diss to, Mex- to New Mexico State, major diss. I never thought about that. It's like uh, we're we're doing it for we are the state. You ain't. You may put you may have state in your name, but you ain't the state of New Mexico. We are, buddy. Interesting. Interesting. That's what Bob Davies thinking. I never even thought about this the psychological <laughs> warfare that's going on with the New Mexico flag. And I, this this is all I think about. This <laughs> <laughs> this is this is right <laughs> in my wheelhouse. 
Uh, speaking of Bob, obviously he's not going <laughs> to, not going to be there. Uh, 34 and 54 at New Mexico is eighth season. He's actually only 10 games under 500 for his whole entire coaching, uh, FBS coaching career. Um, stellar. Yeah. His son, Clay is a tight ends coach. He graduated from Arizona state. Um, and obviously af- after it was 2007. So Bob had long since vacated, uh, a South Bend or whatever. And the guy who is, uh, the acting coach, uh, help me out here. Saga to to tele. I don't know. Anyways, he, let me, uh, let, let's talk about Clay for a second. Okay. Yeah, sure. How much was his life altered? You think, you think the differences between Notre Dame and Arizona state and do not take this as a diss to Arizona state by any stretch of the imagination. I am in the same camp as the uh, shutdown full cast guys is where Arizona state is probably the most interesting school. Like if someone says, where should I go? You just say Arizona state. That's where you want to be. That those are the good, anybody I ever ran across my, in my fraternity nationally, they all wanted to go out to the chapter out of Arizona state. Arizona state is a great place to be. Uh, but it's a huge difference between South Bend, Indiana. You just kind of wonder, like, that kid, what that kid's life could have been. You know, I don't think about the kids too often, but I'm thinking about the kids in this one. <laughs> I mean, should we have Dino on the show to uh, talk about Air- the difference between Arizona State and New Mexico or Notre Dame? I feel like absolutely. I, I know yeah. Dino will back me up on that. I mean, Arizona State's it has a reputation for a reason uh, because it's mar- it's it's fantastic. Uh, right. Everything you hear from it is it's nothing but good. They deserve a better football program uh, than the what we've had than what they've had. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just the the kind of dumb fun fact about this uh, saga guy or saga guy who's uh, who's being the acting coach. Uh, obviously, whatever he does on um, on Saturday affects Bob Davies win loss records. So if if he loses, then Bob Davies actually gets the loss because he's acting coach, not interim coach. And obviously. Uh, Bob Davey experienced the same phenomenon when he filled in for Lou Holtz in 1996 <laughs> after Lou had his neck surgery and uh, thumped Vanderbilt, but didn't get credit for the for the win. Uh, but Ken Bear, oh, the chickens the come home to roost, Bob. It, 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 Ken Bear actually took the loss in the 2004 Insight Bowl because Ty had been fired, and so he was an interim coach. So that's the difference. Oh, and one. Acting is the guys, your your dudes coming back. Interim is like you you left your dude, you know. So you got a new, you got a dude, you got a dude in between the dude you're not, you're gonna hire next. Um, <laughs> the the, other, the last thing I'm gonna say about New Mexico is the one thing that surprised me was, you know, I figure state school or whatever. I know it's New Mexico, but their enrollment is uh, twenty two thousand uh, people. So I didn't think that that was that that big. Um, or, I mean, I yeah. thought it was, it would be a lot bigger. So that's not surprising. Um, I don't think, I mean, New Mexico is a pretty freaking rural state. Yeah. Like very, <laughs> it's not quite the metropolis Arizona is. So at the risk of losing all of our uh, listeners, that is my, <laughs> as quickly as possible, condensed New Mexico review. <laughs> uh, they are a 35 point underdog. As I mentioned on the, on the blog, uh, hopefully you read my betting uh, column every week, even if you don't actually bet. Um, oh, you got Irish some grief is, over that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't understand the point of, of pronouncing yourself as a non better at a, at a betting column, but that's fine. Uh, different strokes for different <laughs> folks. Right. So, uh, Notre Dame is a 30 point favorite since two, 2005, Oh, and three against the spread. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like if, if anyone's going to cover 35 points, 
against New Mexico, I would hope, you know, I, I don't know. I think some of the fun's taken out of it. And I don't know that Brian Kelly is a real animist against Bob Davey. I, I certainly think there's a lot of people um, that would love to see Bob Davey get pounded in the ground. But, you know, it's also important to keep perspective. Like, uh, you know, and Jess Matano was on a uh, another a podcast recently and said, well, I was four when Bob Davey got fired. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm officially old. So if you are one of the olds, uh, you definitely want to see Bob, uh, you know, take one on the chin. Of course, he's not going to be there to actually take it. So um, and the, I don't know. And this has nothing. And I, I probably need to interject for just a quick moment and say. All the best wishes to Bob Davey and his health. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. Like I, I, <laughs> I want to, I mean, I I, you know, it, that's what make, that's what pisses me so that's what pisses me off so bad about this whole freaking thing. Bob Davey just ruins everything. Like th- this could, there was so many more jokes to be had, and I have pulled so many more punches this week just because I'm old. I just don't. I mean, I could have a heart attack tonight on air. I mean, that's how cool. old I am. And it would be would not be a surprise. Like it would be like okay, so I so I was not going to taunt a man, but you know, so he just he killed all the fun. This was the most funnest thing about this entire game. Yeah, you killed. Plus, he had a Bob Gates killed my joy again. I don't know if it was the last interaction he ever had with Eric Hansen, but it was definitely the most memorable one. He had some sort of like. You know, he's sniveling comment about Eric Hansen reporting something that he didn't like. And he got on a conference call and blasted Eric Hansen. And it was really hella awkward. And so I was I, I don't know, I'm 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 snarky, petty, whatever you want to call it. I was looking forward to a, you know, a, a post game press conference when, you know, New Mexico got lit up every way, offense, defense, whatever, by Notre Dame. And, you know, say Notre Dame win by 35 or whatever. And it's this real lopsided score. You know, they got a single, they got a single digit and Eric Hansen just sitting there going, well, I get about 10 questions for Bob Davey. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and Eric doesn't come down. uh, I know, but I think he would, I feel like he would have made a special. I think he would have. I think he would have, you know, just, you know, doing a coach's teleconference just ain't the same, you know? So that's a good question for the pot of gold podcast. Would you have come down? Yeah. To do that. Cause that would, cause like, like, you know, that would have been Carter's job to go over there. But would have would Hanson have pulled rank on that one and been like, I got this. <laughs> I got we we got some unfinished like the, business. Like like the vet on the on the bench, I got this. Well, the thing is, like Eric's probably a hundred times classier than I am, so I'm probably would he probably didn't even <laughs> cross his mind to sit there and, and you know it'd be mean to Bob Davey. But oh, I'm just, sure it, I'm sure it crossed his mind, yeah. but he would never let it on. And as the consummate, you know, that's the thing about Notre Dame's media. Like the Notre Dame press corps, I mean, they got rid of e, or EJ Holland got rid of himself, whatever. I mean, that was as <laughs> as you fucking get is that douchebag. But other than that, for the most part, just about everybody is a pretty pretty class act. You know what I mean? Where I can't say that about every other program, every other program's press corps. I mean, there's some real freaking idiots, you know, flying around. You know, really like. It's like me in a very. It'd be like me unleashed on white claws, <laughs> and some of these programs have it. But no, our our people up there are pros, and there's no way that that Eric would do anything that would even resemble uh, a little bit of payback. 
<laughs> even though it would probably be well deserved. Even though we'd all be silently rooting Oh, we'd all be rooting it on. <laughs> like, please, God, let if you if you are if you are a vengeful God at all, just let this happen. So, yes, <laughs> uh, yes, Bob Davy, as I mentioned when when the news was announced, Bob Davy absolutely made the right decision to put that his personal health ahead of any kind of reunion to Notre Dame. I, I had to imagine that travel at this point is not a, a good idea. And then obviously the added stress of coming back to South Bend for, I believe only the second time since he's been fired. If I, if I read that correctly, I don't, I apologies to who I read that uh, with and can't remember the source, but um, so. What was you know, the first time? Uh, well, I think it was, I think it was Matt Fortuna's article in the athletic. He mentioned, he mentioned there was an, there was a, there was a return to South Bend for some reason. And then I'm blanking on the reason got why. At his house and knock, <laughs> on, knock on the door and ask Ty to get it for him. I don't know. So the, <laughs> the, the folks over, uh, her loyal sons on their podcast and they put out a couple podcasts a week. So you might have to go back a couple had this great story. And I don't remember who they heard it from. About Bob Davey being very frustrated in a Seven Eleven. Oh, the, Did you hear with the hot dog machine? With the hot dog. Machine. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember first hearing about that. Like, oh my god, dude! It was years and years and years ago. Was that like and, an apocryphal NDN sort of thing, or what? Yeah, you know that's a, that's one of those stories that that when the the Notre Dame internet community first, you know, in the early two thousands, whatever, that was a popular story. Okay. Uh, and, uh, I, I remember that well, but it, it's, it doesn't get old. Like if well, you can just imagine Davey saying that, <laughs> I mean, can you, can you, can you recount this or I don't know that. No, I well. can't. I can't. Okay. I mean, I just, all right. So we'll just, the hot, the hot dog machine yeah. story do is it, just like, I know that do, do a Google story. do a Google search, not at work preferably, but Bob Davey hot dog. Uh, and maybe you will, uh, get the story. You will get the story. It involves some some profanity, but clearly you're okay with that. Since it's and clearly well. I am. In our, our fan, my Instagram poll says I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it was a what, landslide, right? 80, yeah, 20? it was a it was a landslide win. So I'm good to go. So Bob Davey ba- was basically saying everybody in South Bend is trying to fuck me <laughs> because <laughs> whatever this malfunctioning Seven uh, Eleven. <laughs> you know what? As a connoisseur of gas station hot dogs. And my wife hates me to death for this fact. <laughs> like we would, we were dating. And I just stop at a gas station and run in and grab a hot dog real quick. Cause I, I don't know. I just, I love them so damn much. So I can feel Davey's frustration, but I don't think I would ever utter out <laughs> that Fort Wayne was trying everyone in Fort Wayne was trying to fuck me. <laughs> uh, the laughs. Oh, God. We had a couple. All right. So, so look, we're going to take, we are already about a half hour in. So we're going to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we're actually going to talk about Notre Dame football. I should have put a disclaimer uh, <laughs> going in. We're actually going to talk about Notre Dame football, and maybe, because there's some other stuff I want to talk about, too. Um, this is our big preview <laughs> for New Mexico Lobos. We'll be right back. All right. Now, look, as I said earlier – Brian Kelly stated that this is more about them than, you know, this is about what they do. And it, it's a very coach thing to say, um, especially when they go into these games. And, you know, the, the fear is that Notre Dame comes in uh, like they did against Ball State. And that's well known. And, and that's something that Kelly had put the blame on himself completely. And I, you're not going to see that. And 
you know, just for one quick second, and this this is vintage me because I'm gonna I'm gonna just fly off this path for a second. Speaking of Brian Kelly making coaching decisions, it is, I, I'm not sure, Jude. I don't know if you. I, I was gonna do a little a little story about this, um, but I never did. But I just decided not to. Colin Cowherd had some of the most. I've never heard him praise Brian Kelly like this before. But the other day he had said that, you know, Kelly was one of the most underrated coaches in college football. uh, One of the best uh, at making adjustments. I mean, for all the grief that we had for within our internal selves and within our Notre Dame community about Notre Dame struggles against Louisville, the outside perspective from some people and Cowherd, who is not a fan of Notre Dame, uh, he's a fan of, ratings uh <laughs> so it's hard to, it's really is hard to tell what he why he says what he says sometimes you know if it's if it's actually what he thinks feels or if it's you know part of a ploy for for listens but he was enamored by brian kelly's adjustments uh after the quick start from louisville and he makes he made a solid point he made a point that i think a lot of us made uh you know at a day and a half after that game uh, after the dust had settled. So, um, you know, I, I think Kelly's Kelly's in that mode. I, I think Kelly's as good as Kelly has ever been. And I think that he learned, he keeps learning from his mistakes. God bless him. He's going to keep making them, but I, I think he d- tries, tries to correct the ship. And so the shit that went on last year against ball state could absolutely happen this week. Uh, but I just don't think there's any chance in hell that it does. Yeah, I mean, I guess my my impressions, uh, just you know, having a couple of days to to before I went back and rewatched it or whatever it was, they felt they acted as if they were playing with the weight of the world on their shoulders, and it actually reminded me a lot of the USC game about the similar kind of dazed start, the combination of seeing something from the USC offense that they weren't anticipating, and then also. Um, sort of, you know, committing the errors that put them in the bad positions to, to kind of give away drives pretty easily or whatever. So, um, you know, we've talked, we talked at, at length in the last podcast about the fact that, you know, the first 11 minutes were uh, less than ideal, but then there was 49 minutes of game time where obviously they, they went better. I was just thinking when you were talking about this, about how I would try to quantify this is like, some sort of statistical analysis about Brian Kelly adjustments, because I think that Brian Kelly's record when trailing at halftime is actually pretty poor, but I don't know that that tells the whole story because being down by three at halftime is a lot different than being down by 10 or 14 or whatever. And obviously the strength of the opponent opponent plays into that or whatever. But um, that's, that's what I, what Colin Cowherd, what you're, what you've said, Colin Cowherd said, and I, I didn't listen to the, the comments or didn't catch them or whatever feels kind of how I felt in an, in kind of a more sober analysis, which was they made the adjustments that they needed to, to take control, to, you know, take control of that game. It's not like they gave away control of that game. I don't think it was ever really going sideways, but they, no, it was just a, it was a strange beginning. I mean, yeah, they they asserted their will. First two weeks is a strange beginning for the season as it is. And, and that was just like, you know, the personification of it was that that for you know that first quarter, uh, the way things went. I mean, it just it just took them a minute to get their feet on the ground because they had. I mean, it's not an excuse. They got no tape on these guys. They got they. I mean, you yeah, you got Appalachian State, but it really wasn't. 
you know, it wasn't a whole lot of Appalachian State in that, you know, and you're using different different personnel. It was just you had to see some stuff on the field before you could really figure out what you wanted to do, you know, how bad you were going to exploit them with what you could do. And, you know, and then the loss of Jafar just compounded it all because, I mean, they were going to go two backs probably 80% of that game, I, I, I would imagine. Uh, and then once you lost Jafar, there goes your game plan. And, you know, and that's that's probably an issue that they should have had a little, maybe a little bit better uh, contingency plan, but it didn't seem that bad either. You know, I mean, it just they, they had to make the adjustment and they certainly made it. Um, and, you know, then they had 10 days to make an adjustment to take on, you know, a cupcake uh, in, the, in this situation. So, yeah, I mean, I think things are fine. I mean, if <clears throat> if Notre Dame's rising up in the rankings, uh, doing nothing and doing that, if the rest of the country isn't hammering them down, I don't think we need to be because they're a lot rougher on Notre Dame and their and their uh, deficiencies than w- than we ever are. Yeah, I mean, Chris from the Rakes Report has this, you know, when his his little newsletter has a little like a winning is hard kind of uh, roundup or whatever. And there was a lot of teams that we watched uh, this past weekend while Notre Dame was just kind of chilling that really struggled with teams that no one expected them to struggle with, you know, first and foremost, Michigan or whatever. So yeah, that, I think that point spread was incredible. That, that, that was a bullshit. I don't know how that point spread got out of Vegas. Yeah. 22 and I mean, a half. That, and I that think that just tells you how much everybody was buying in to this Michigan thing. And I, but I, you know, I think everyone, even after the game, you're kind of underselling army. You know, because you're you're dogging Michigan. I would I didn't have Michigan ranked that high, anyways. In my in my own fan pulse thing that I do, sure. I think I, I think I had Michigan ranked nineteenth uh, going into that game, uh, and then I uh, ceremonially ceremoniously ranked them twenty fifth after <laughs> the Army game. Uh, yeah. So they only dropped six spots in my poll, um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it ran the same area. It just uh, the the it wasn't about. For me, it wasn't about the Army offense doing what the Army offense does best, which is using all four of its downs. To me, it was the lack of imagination in the play calling for the Michigan offense. And, total, and, and, like, and it made like, me less scared of like, October they were 26 just terribly games. sloppy. Because I, I think, I honestly, I, I'll, I'll, I'll cop to it. I, I definitely bought into this Josh Gaddis is going to bring this whole new excitement. And John, and John Harbaugh, I, sorry, I always do that. Jim Harbaugh is going to hand over the reins and it just looked like whether, I don't know if it was too many cooks in the kitchen or whatever. It just, it never seemed like it had a real. And they're playing the wrong quarterback. Yeah. And and maybe they'll play the right quarterback by the time Notre Dame plays them. Um, But I mean, I just, yeah. What the fuck are we doing? Turning this into a Michigan podcast. (laughs) Well, I think, I I mean, (laughs) I think a lot of Notre Dame fans were tuned into that game because. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, I think, a lot of the what I do when Notre Dame's not playing is scouting the opposition Absolutely. because I I, I want to either reconfirm my greatest fears or uh, dispel them, you know. And so Absolutely. I watch a lot of Virginia football because uh, not only is Bryce Perkins on my fantasy football team, and I think he's great, but uh, and I like watching uh, uh, their their cornerback there who's real talented, Hall. But uh, I, I just I, I I just want to I want to see if Virginia is that trappy game that everyone kind of talks about. Like you're going to lose Georgia, and then you're going to lose again to Virginia, or you you know you'll you'll beat Georgia, but then you'll lose to Virginia, you know. And so 
I think there's been a lot of talk. And so I think it's natural that we all just kind of gather around the campfire with nothing better to do and, and, and started watching, start checking out, you know, what, what do you have? What do you have? You know, what do you got? You know? So, absolutely. and, and I watched, and, and honestly, I watched about seven whole minutes of, of Bowling Green before they gave up 17 points. And I said, well, I, I think I've seen everything I need to see here. So, you know, <laughs> I didn't it's, still, watch, it's still a Brian Van Gorder defense. I, I didn't watch most of the, um, of the Eastern game. Unfortunately, I, I was really psyched, uh, to get like two weeks though, to, to watch, to watch my Eastern Michigan Eagles and you know, got to see the win, uh, last well, week one against coastal Carolina. Good win on the road on the teal turf. Uh, and then I was really, I was looking forward to the Kentucky game. Uh, go face down the sec there. Uh, but things just were not lining up that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and only got to see little snippets, which was, you know, loss, like a 38-17 loss, whatever it was. Respectable. I'm just, I, I, I joined the chorus of people <laughs> that have remained frustrated about these first two weeks, the way that the schedule is laid <sighs> out. And I'm very excited about consecutive weekends until October 19th of Saturday, Notre Dame college is, football. It has just killed me. And listen, running the website and try, trying to keep things like on an even – it's been rough. Like this, this has been a difficult task to like, to make it like relevant, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as if Notre Dame isn't relevant enough, but I mean, it just, it's been a, it's been a arduous task, you know, to, to, I don't know how the hell these mid majors do it when their schedules are all over the map, you know, come, you know, middle of October. I, I need normal game weeks. Like I, I still don't feel normal. I won't feel it's normal until next week. When we're talking about when we're talking about a you know a win and hurrying up to get lead into the Georgia game, you know, I, it won't feel normal really still until next week. Yeah, I um, mean the the big headline from the Georgia game. I mean, it's 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 fascinating. Uh, first of all, Arkansas State's uh, head coach was saying he wanted to send all the headlines about the Notre Dame game to the Georgia people because the Georgia papers are more interested in writing about the Notre Dame game than they are about Georgia's game against Arkansas state this week. And he's like, that's, that's how we're going to win this game is they have to be looking past us. They have to they, be not playing. They literally game. have to have a newspaper in the huddle. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> they whip I, out I mean, and I think a, a lot of us feel the same way about New Mexico, which is we want New Mexico because we want to see, what adjustments have been made from, from Louisville. And again, I, I think that game has aged better than it was the night uh, that we were kind of experiencing it, oh, sure. but we want to see, you know, we want to see a lopsided result. Uh, we need to see a lopsided result because a lot of us are, have a lot of uh, anxiety about that. But at about the same time, game. I mean, at the same time though, it's, they also need to get a lot of work out of some of these younger guys or not just younger guys. Like, second level depth chart guys, because this is what those games are meant are meant to help you with. And when you do that, the win isn't as blasty as you like. Um, I mean, sure. Notre Dame does not have a good history uh, of that over the last 20 years of just blasting teams with their set with their second team coming in, but they need uh-huh. to get, they need to get Phil Jerkovic and uh, oh. I it's Jerkovic until he throws a touchdown. I'm gonna I'm putting I'm laying it down. Phil Jerkovic, 
uh, in the game, running the offense, the actual offense, not handing off three times and then throwing on third and seven um, or handing off two times and throwing on third and seven. They, they need to have him run the offense. They need to see what they have in the running back. Sebo Flemister is the fastest back we got left in the stables right now. So they, they really need to see him because, look, they need I, – I love Tony Jones Jr. I like what he brings, but uh, we just – you need some more explosion. Are they actually – is Avery Davis – going to be figured into the game plan well, at all that's what i was gonna off. i was gonna say to you was um, i mean there's I'm, all sorts of there's all sorts of work that needs to get put in and the problem with work is is that it often is at the cost of like you know in a game like this it could be two touchdowns uh, and this so for all you gambling nuts out there a 35 point spread and a game where notre dame has to get some work in I mean, you might want to think about taking those points. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'll predict a like 56 to three win. Uh, and so you're safe there. <laughs> so what, one of the things I did during the bye week was catch up on some of my, my charting that I wanted to do. And one of the, it brought me back to Ian books first start, uh, against Wake Forest. Well, second career start first start of 2018, uh, and Avery Davis played a, a, an outsized role in that game. So um, it just reminded me of sort of the what he sort of brings to that that backfield that it, I feel like is more uh, closer to, to Jafar Armstrong than it is to anybody else. So uh, I'm not saying he's going to replace Jafar Armstrong or is going to be as great as Jafar Armstrong, but I'm actually really excited about this um, seeing this again with Tony Jones Jr. because I, I the one person I kind of walked away from kind of most impressed with in the, in the game uh, from the offense, uh, you know, the backfield would be Tony Jones Jr. And now adding Avery Davis uh, back into the fold. I just, I think, I hope you can pick kind of pick up where he left off because some of that stuff was, um, was pretty good. I thought so. I was real. I, I, was, I forgot how impressed I was with him in the backfield. Yeah. He had a lot of, I mean, it was a position change. He had a lot of work to go, but, you know, he has raw athleticism. He has some good speed. And so you can work with that. It's just like they tell you in baseball, you know, they'll teach you to hit, but you can't teach speed. I mean, right. you just can't. So, sure. I don't know. Is it, you know, if we see like Joe Wilkins and Braden Lindsay out there, you know, don't freak out. Or I'm sure there's many of you who are just going to be like, drooling overseeing uh Braden Lindsay go out there. Um but you know tamper expectations a little bit for these younger younger guys. But and also know that because we need to work them, um it may not be as bombastic of a victory as what you're what you're lining up for. Right. I mean I guess my only hope is and again Brian Mangor is not leading this defense, but my only hope is it's not a game like uh, the game against Massachusetts, which ultimately ended as a as a blowout, but was weirdly uh, competitive for way too long. I think the first two quarters of that that yeah. game or whatever they had that they uh, had that they had that big like eighty yard touchdown run where the kid, the kid wasn't wasn't touched at all. Right. Um, yes, they had some strange moments early on in that uh, UMass. It doesn't game. it doesn't need to be fourteen fourteen with ten minutes left to go in the second quarter. This is what right. I'm saying. Right. You nope. know, definitely good point there. Yeah. So. I want to talk about something else for a minute. Sure. I was going to save this for the end, but I think it's, it's earned its place in, in, in our lineup here. What 
the hell <laughs> is Notre Dame doing releasing yet another music video that if all they did had to do was show somebody that wasn't involved in making it would tell them to fucking shelve it. Yeah. What can you give me the name of the song? It's like the fighting Irish y'all or whatever. That's the subtitle. Uh, we are the, we are Notre Dame, the fighting Irish y'all or something like that. Yeah. It is the fighting Irish of Notre Dame y'all. So now look, I was kind in my article today about it. I believe I was telling Jude that I felt that I pulled a lot of punches in this piece. Mainly because, look, we've all been there. Like, I get criticism all the frickin' time. I've been doing this since 2006. And the mountains of uh, of critiques of what I do, it's big, y'all. I mean, it's like that, y'all, it's big. So (laughs) it is what it is. When I was in my early 20s, I was in a band. It was terrible. (laughs) We thought, I mean, we legitimately thought we were doing God's work. Uh, you know, like we thought we were, we had something kind of cool going on. Uh, and until it turns out, so you play it for someone and they're looking at you holding back every bit of laughter. I mean, they were doing everything they could not to tell you how bad it sucked. You know what I mean? You have to get outside of the bubble to, to get to the thing. And so like this was, some type of project, I imagine, for a Notre Dame student. And look, it, it's all very well done technically. Like the elements are there. The like, production so, is great. Yeah, the great production value. It, it's it's all there. You, but you could say the exact same thing about the freak base video. Excellent production value. I mean, they had choreography. They had I was going to say Ted Ted Mandel, I believe, was all over that one. So yeah, that one so, actually had like you know cinematography. I mean, I wasn't talking more about the video production. I was talking about the fact that it sounded professionally produced, like somebody yeah, was in the studio way, and was mixed I mean, correctly. You're, you're presenting. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter anymore in, in this in this day and age anymore. Which, what you know, which format you're you're consuming the content. It, it's 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 just all one jumble, right? Yeah. So. You know, my biggest thing is this does not have no one does this correctly. No one has ever made a good in-house yeah. school song hype. I mean, the hype videos are one thing, but like these like songs like Purdue is and I, I put that up on the site notorious uh, with, with their rap. And they've got a couple of them that were just horrible. Uh, I was on a, a group chat today with other SB Nation site managers and Rather than like make fun of me because of Notre Dame's terrible video, they were sharing, you know, that no one does this right. We did one and it's it's horrible. Like uh-huh. nobody does this correctly. Like, not even like professional like musicians, like big time people, you just cannot make a corny song good. Corny songs are corny songs. And in yeah, this case, I- in this case, it had a lot of that that handle. I mean, it was so blatant and <laughs> Well, that, and what it was is, doing. The, the thing that makes me always uncomfortable with, with these kind of student-focused or student-led productions is I get uncomfortable when I can't tell if the person is being earnest or they're, they're supposed to be in on the fact that this is cringy because 
if they're if they're putting their heart and soul in it, I like I I feel bad because it's you know we're adults on the internet. We, we we're, we're just sort of naturally snarky or whatever. Um, but that's the but thing. This, they're still. It's just. It's young. it's kind of it's unlistenable after like two, a minute because it's like it's like a word salad of Notre Dame phrases, um, you know, and just kind of a jumbled mess. And I'm not. It's I don't know if it's supposed to be a hype thing. I don't think this would get this song would get anybody hype. I don't think I would never hear it played in the tailgate. If it got played in the tailgate, I would like finish my beer and probably be like, well, it's time to move on. You know, like this isn't here come the Irish. This isn't like, this is even shipping up to Boston. Like this isn't, this isn't which, anything. Which those two are neither one of those two songs are in house. I mean, even Macklemore's Irish song, Irish celebration is a better reflection. You know, is a better deal than this. And, and that is corny to the backs. You know, yeah, what I, mean? like, I, I just, I don't know, like, I, and, and I can't, I'm, I'm trying to tell you why I thought the Rudy thing was kind of like, I think, I feel like the difference with the Rudy KFC commercial was like, they were in on the joke, you know, uh, you playing in the background? No, I please. I mean, if we haven't lost listeners by now. Okay, I'll so when this is, I'm going to talk over a little bit, but when this is playing, you just understand if you've ever seen the musical Hamilton, you're going to know where this kid wrote this song from. Like, it is just, it's a straight, I mean, to be nice, it would be homage, but I feel like straight steel of sort of the way that Lin-Manuel Miranda does uh, phrasing and, like, pacing of songs. It's, uh, it's... I don't even know. It's it's rough. I, I don't I don't need a rap I don't need a rap song uh, about Notre Dame. I just don't need it. Like I I think one is probably plenty. You and, know. So. I just I just feel I don't need any in house song that they're making. Yeah. I uh, fruit bass was a was a was a funk thing. And, and and as I'm as I'm talking right now, I just noticed a typo in my uh, in my story today, uh, which is always fitting. Uh, but this typo is even more fitting when it has to, when I said uh, Notre Dame has learned virtually nothing from the free base incident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a lot like freebasing, right? I mean, yeah. it, it, we, just, so, we need to stage an intervention and say, please put down the crack pipe. Yeah, all I'm so. saying is that this stuff is reserved for if you making it in house. Keep it in house. Yeah, I mean, this is a good. You know, I'm, not, I'm not out there handing out my kids' artwork, trying to sell it on the side of the you know road somewhere. To, you know, yeah, what I, mean? I mean, this is this is a good senior project or FTT project. Or, and or nailed whatever. all the. I guarantee you, whatever the elements that he had to hit, hit for this project, guarantee he nailed them all. Yeah, guarantee just, he nailed them all. I just, I mean, they at the end. That's the part that probably got me the most. Was at the end, it said. You can download or stream the song from 29 different services or whatever. Oh, no, I just dude, said, that's, that means that means there's 29 different places I would want to never hear the song again. You yeah, that's so. It's just look, I I think we made like a total of like 50 CDs when I when I was in a band. Uh, and it had like four songs on it. I hunted down like 40 of those, and literally <laughs> like as soon as I got my hands on it, smashed it. I mean, didn't even wait. Like as soon as I saw it, nope, crack gone. Like I mean, I guess the one like there there was a reason why, (laughs) and I thought it was great. I worked hard on it. My friends worked hard on it. 
we really thought we had something going. It was a cool, it's still a very good idea in theory. And then until you do it and then it's like, Oh, uh, you don't like this? Like, no, dude, well, it's... The, the one thing I will say is maybe we are the wrong audience. Maybe a couple of, you know, uh, old white dudes in their, you know, there, is. The 40s. there was someone that came on the site and in the comments and stated that, and his, he's got 1957 in, in his name. Okay. So <laughs> and that's, and that's, to me, that's fine. Look, I'm not, I am not the taste police. I, I am, you can like whatever you like by all means. And I have no problems with what you like because that's what you like. I have no control over what you like. All I'm saying is this is my opinion about it. And I appreciate the work and understand the work. I'm not dissing any of that, but to me, it's awful. And it lines up with the awfulness that goes on all over the country with these types of things. They need to just be shelved. This needs to be on a closed circuit TV in the bathrooms in the music department. I agree. I mean, even if even if a bunch of twenty year olds told me that they love the song or whatever, I would say that's great. I guess it's for you. It's de- it's definitely not for me. Um, I just I I, I continued. This just gets added and 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 to be honest with you, I hope to forget it. But if I do remember it, it will be because somebody else will have made one of these terrible hype songs or whatever you want to call them and we'll say hey didn't notre dame try this a couple years ago and fail spectacular with some sort of hamilton-esque ripoff and you'll say oh yeah what was the name of that song i'm like uh it's got the word y'all in it so look for fighting irish and y'all you'll probably find it now you know? there's something so. that i do want to know though we just just about 15 minutes ago like this is a miracle we got it got a response on twitter uh to what was my tweet before i went and wrote the story which was basically the title of what the story was. You know, what do we learn from Freak Brace? Nothing. Um, and the guy at Matthew Mecco uh, replied, we will always have the NBA tailgate poem. It opened the doors for what followed. This is the most cryptic tweet I think I've read in at least three days. NBA? I, want, I have, I've got to know what this is now. MBA? What is MBA? What? Yeah. So guys get their master's there. What the the royal guys? People get in their masters at Notre Dame at a tailgate had a poem. And okay. it says it opened the doors for what followed. I gotta know more about this. I need yes. to know more. Deep dive. I need I need uh, more. Matt I need Becco to say husband and dad, God Country Notre Dame, management consultant, foodie. Paul's boutique is on repeat. This guy sounds like a friend. This guy sounds like we could hang with this guy. So I um, want to know. I want to know what uh, what what I, I got to know what he's talking about. So back so, in the day when I went to when I was in Notre Dame and not to date myself too horribly, we had and I don't know if they still have it. Um, every student had access to shared files that other students put out. So sometimes it was games, sometimes it was movies or whatever. And this song, Harold Swanigan rap, went around. Uh, and I wish that I had it. I wish I also had the th- thing that person, somebody cut, because I'd play it this week. Uh, Bob Davies, like stupid ass things that Bob Davies said. And <laughs> and he would say something like, you know, well, I don't know how they, uh, them, them Air Force offensive linemen fit in those jumbo jets. 
you know, and it's like, uh, okay, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's jobs in the air force that aren't sitting in like po- cockpits of, you know, and he's like, and he said something like, well, we got 12 Rudy's out there. I'm like, okay, well, that's not a good thing to have 12 Rudy's out. You know what I mean? So it was just, it was just a collection of Bob Davy, uh, uh, you know, and there was also one about <laughs> my, my rector father, father Doyle <laughs> saying the words enormous corn penis because somebody was selling an illegitimate shirt, uh, uh, this said husk this for the uh, Nebraska game in 2000 uh, with a leprechaun with, uh, as Father Doyle said, enormous corn penis. And so the thing was, <laughs> he sent he sent an, he sent an, a voicemail to the alumni rector, and the alumni rector instead of just making his own voicemail saying like, "Hey gents, you know, just let to let you know there's a you know a bootleg T-shirt going around. Uh, we think it's profane, and obviously if you you know if you buy one and we catch you with it, we'll take it away from you or whatever." He just forwarded Doyle's uh, voicemail. And so then somebody did a forgot about Dre beat on the behind it. And they're like, no, 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 And you have to understand Father Doyle, like he's got this deep Virginia accent or whatever. And it was just literally the funniest thing. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, if you're listening to this podcast and you have the Harold Swanigan rap or you have forgot about Doyle yes. or you got Bob, bring Davey, it forward. Bob Davey speaks, I think it was called, it was like an MP3 or a wave or file or whatever, please Let's resurface that on the internet because the world needs to hear the ridiculous things that we came up with in the year 2000. You know, I, I was able to get pictures from a camera that I found on the ground inside Notre Dame Stadium 20, 25 years ago. Disposable camera. I brought those to Twitter. And within a matter of minutes, the people came forward. It, it was these these people's camera, the pictures. And I was able to get those pictures to them. So there is power I have power. I have lots and lots of power. So we need to get this. We need to find this. Uh, we need to find this. Uh, this uh, Somebody must have it, right? I mean, it's 19 yeah. years old, but we, at the same time, somebody have, must have it. Somebody has it on an on a old laptop or uh, old Commodore 64, whatever the hell we had back then. <laughs> we need to know about this NBA tailgate poem. We need this info. We need this content. Okay. I need to put this in a needle and inject this into my veins. Uh, very badly. Uh, <laughs> and I apologize. My dad's listening to this. I apologize for saying the words enormous corn penis three times. So there you go. <laughs> He's so proud. Yeah, He's I, so I, proud I, of me right now. I apologize to you, Zach, right for, for the, uh, for the F bombs tonight. Uh, I had a, <laughs> I had an Instagram poll that told me I was okay. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry. You know, we always follow the gram. I just, I, I, I do it for the peeps, you know? Um, oh, all right. So we're, not we're, where we're, I thought we were going with this conversation tonight. We are well, we are right around hovering our time here. Um, so I, the what the one, the only last thing I want to add to this whole conversation is I actually was wrong about no one doing this correctly. And you know, who does this correctly? These songs, it's actually, it's Miami. When they did the seventh floor crew, as terrible as it was, it's still the best thing that's been done in this realm. <laughs> G-Rack and his third leg hanging is awful, and it's still better than anything else that we've had since then. So, Can you embed the video? Does the video exist on YouTube? Can you embed the oh, video? I, in? It's got, you know, I haven't searched for it for a while. We, we used to play it at our fantasy draft uh, <laughs> for, for, for a few years. Uh <laughs> but uh, I definitely have to look that one up. Okay. It, it's solid. It's solid. It, I mean, it, 
think about Miami uh, football players in the early 2000s rapping about being football players at Miami uh, and not on the football field. You just uh, reminded me, too, that Brad dropped the ball on his – and since Brad's not here, I'm going to slag on him. Uh, Brad dropped the ball about his annual hype uh, video re- oh, uh, review. Did, yeah. I, Which, uh, one of my favorite articles written uh, last August, I believe, was he took like five hype videos and he basically just scored them on, on different, to- completely made up Brad metrics. But it was it was quite fun. I mean, hype videos are uh, are sort of a spiritual preseason, what, preseason what, hype videos. Are yeah, what we're talking about. And so, you know, there's there's ways that they kind of are cliche and there's ways that they're done well. And sometimes it's like you're going to have a seizure because of all the cutting and and we have we do have different strong feelings about whether or not you should use players that have graduated or have transferred from programs or whatever not, yeah. in a, not in a preseason hype video and absolutely not so that's that we have some very strong opinions about hype videos uh that we didn't get to share this august so uh shame on brad, shame on brad. See, it's this it was this whole start of the season it screwed everybody no <laughs> i mean i got i got writers running around not knowing it, what, it, what day Brian Kelly's going to do a press conference? Yeah, dude, it, it, it's not their fault. It's like, it's, it, it, it is such a mess. Uh, I am just ready to get into the driver's seat um, and get this thing rolling. So as I say that, we're going to stop this freight train of terror. <laughs> and uh, and hopefully you guys learned uh, learned a little something tonight. I don't know. <laughs> can I do Can I do a quick one final thing? Absolutely. Even though I've, it's been so random. Uh, today is the release day of Hesburgh, the movie on DVD streaming services, wherever you find, wherever you consume movies from. Just, so go, Josh, to, just say, you just are, go to Amazon. You are, you are officially on notice. You are out of excuses. You got to get yourself a copy of Hesburgh. You got to watch it. You got to enjoy it. Listen to me, it. young dude. Listen to me. <laughs> it is on my watch list right now on Amazon Prime. Perfect. I put it on last night. And so the goal was either I doubt I'll be able to do it tonight, uh, but most likely tomorrow uh, when there's nobody around, I'll be able to pop it in. So, yeah, it is definitely on my uh, my to do list because I missed my window of opportunity in August to see it in the theater. Awesome. So everybody else, Hesburgh, I mean, we, we, if you yeah. follow us during the summer, you heard us talk endlessly about it. We interviewed Jerry Barco, who's one of the producers, obviously Notre Dame graduate as well. Um, so if you missed that, you can always go back and check out that old podcast, probably what a hundred percent less swearing than this one was. So oh, you got that going for you too. Considerable. Yeah. 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 There was a lot less. It was a good, yeah, that, that was a good show. I liked, yeah. like having Jerry on, maybe we'll have him on in the off season just to talk about the, uh, the aftermath of, uh, of it all. And if you're feeling good after you listen to uh, that podcast with Jerry Barca and you want to rate and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts, that's obviously well appreciated. Uh, we're not looking for a specific uh, stars. No, and man. You, you, you Rate with your heart. Rate what you think it is supposed to be. I just need 100 of them. <laughs> we were trying to get there before the the uh, the season started. Didn't quite make it. But we were so close. I think we were like oh, maybe only four away, four or five away. Um, but, you know, on top of that, I mean, besides all that, we just want to know what y'all want to hear. We understand that this is a different podcast uh, than the Irish Illustrated podcast or the Pot of Gold or Her Loyal Sons, like which is great. I think <laughs> I, I think listen to all those. Yeah, these are I'm listening to all podcasts that I listen to. Uh, so I like different. You know, I don't want to hear the same stuff from everybody. It's that gets boring and repetitive. So. 
Pete Sampson thought he was climbing new ground in the Shamrock that they've been talking about <laughs> different stuff. Uh, but I am here to tell you that no, uh, they're the Shamrock is not the only podcast around that doesn't just strictly talk about what's happening on the field. Uh, I think we just proved ourselves tonight. So <laughs> I like, I like Bray and Augie. Yeah. I, I don't remember their place. There's one's called under the dome or from the yeah, dome. under the I, dome. There's yeah. one called down in front or something, <laughs> which is a great name. I, for I listened to my first episode of always IRC the other day. I was like, this guy is, um, w- I just way more excited about, the things that bother him than I would ever be. But I just, I was into it. I was he's listening ex- to it. He, he's he excited. Very, on Twitter. very excited. He's, he's very excited on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I, I felt like if Alex Jones was a Notre Dame fan and he had a podcast like that, I would listen to that. Like. I, yeah, it was delightfully zany. I, <laughs> and I'm not me, sure that's what he was going for, but I was into it. So let me, let me tell you, there has been at least, I'd say a couple of hours of thought of me doing like an, another podcast in total character. And, <laughs> I, and I had given thought as freaking hilarious. You said, uh, Alex Jones, I had thought about something along those lines, like picking out one of the, like a, a just a totally known personality and just rolling with it. Uh, so I may have just given away a secret to somebody who's going to run, run with this. That's great. I would love, if someone wants to do that, I will listen to that podcast. If you want to do an Alex Jones version of the of a Notre Dame football podcast, you have got a listener, a raider, and a reviewer right here uh, in Hicksville, Ohio. And if somebody doesn't do that, off season. Uh, <laughs> uh, I also, you know, my boy Andrew over at uh, Irish Football Archive actually just started a podcast too, and his first yeah. guest was. Uh, Mark Edwards, and he was talking about this this random game, random to all of us, 1996 Purdue, but I think it actually ended up being his first Notre Dame game, so it was obviously very special to him. So that was, was interesting, too. I, I was, was at that was, game. It was very interesting. So I'll tell you it. what. I'll tell you what, too. Uh, he is somebody that, that Irish fans should uh, send a thank you note to anyways, uh, because even after all the crash down from YouTube for full-length uh, games, uh, he – the, he does a good job flying under the radar for right yeah. now. I'm so yep. glad. Yep. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe don't send a thank you. Uh, pretend you don't know him. Uh, Actually, uh, but, what you do, what you should do. And, and this is an easy thing, right? Easy way to say, Hey, I appreciate you. He's got a Patreon page. Patreon. It's literally, literally $2 a month. And he will send you an old game. He's got a list of like, I don't know, 50 75 old games or whatever and so every couple of weeks i'm like all right i'm feeling that uh 2010 army like let's 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 look at that you know what i mean like okay 1999 kansas like here we go you know like eddie robinson classic let's see some jarius jackson back from injury you know so and there was wins. that's a good he, he that's a good note wins. to leave on look at look at us look at look we, we have given so much love to we, other podcasts love. out there love. tonight and like we we love y'all. That's what makes support Andy text an extra life. There we go. I've completed. There, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Got to think about what, what we're locking down here. Hey, Tom Noy and Car and Carter Carlos have a new podcast. Extra point. Oh, extra point. Yeah. yeah so, I haven't even listened to it, but I'm sure it's good. Yeah, this is the this is the time. Like we're like getting rid of all family business uh, here as we lead up to <laughs> to getting done with New Mexico and then leading into Georgia week. So yeah. We're done. We, I promise you, we're done. We're done talking now. So we're just gonna wait, dude. No, we're not done. God, ah, damn it. Ah, I 
Let, let's get a, let's get a prediction uh, on the podcast. This, this is our oh, our quote okay. unquote preview for New oh, Mexico. Damn, I wish I had looked up my prediction that we had made back because I, I still believe that's basically what it's going to be like. So I probably had a what 48, 14, 48, 17 sort of thing or whatever. Um, feeling pretty good about Notre Dame scoring in the forties. Uh, feeling pretty good about New, uh, New Mexico not scoring uh, or scoring under twenty. So I'm going to stick with, uh, I think I probably said 48-17, so I'm going to stick with that. Okay. 48-17 from you? Right. So they don't cover the spread, but obviously it's a comfortable win. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to roll with um, 56-10. I think Ooh. New Mexico gets a touch. New Mexico doesn't score two touchdowns. Maybe maybe it's 56-13. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with 56-10. Notre Dame doesn't kick a field goal. Um, it's going to be touchdown city for touchdown or bust for them. I love it. Uh, I, I just think that's the way they're going to roll with it. Uh, and, and I'm totally cool with that. I think that um, Phil Jerkovic gets <sighs> plenty of snaps. He throws his first touchdown pass and becomes Phil Jerkovic. No, he's Phil, rightfully no Phil, Phil, Phil Jerkovic's first touchdown pass is going to be to Chris Finke. Oh God. And, like my eyes twitching over here. You realize that, right? You, you are you are going to see like some kind of shine come out of the press box, and you're going to know it's me. Like it's going to be like, it's, it's going to be like 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 this is so blasphemous. Like Christ coming out of the out of the tomb, like that that energy of light come out. That's, what, that's what's going to happen when uh, Phil Jerkovic throws his first touchdown pass to Chris Pinky. Wow! Lock, lock it up. As this guy's at solid verbal, let's throw another good podcast on there. <laughs> As they would say, lock it up. Oh, God, we are covered all bases. Uh, I, I should just wear a shirt that says, will you be my friend? Uh, <laughs> shout out to Jess tonight. <laughs> Might as well throw Charlotte in there. MVP. Okay, we got we to gotta wrap this up. So, 4817 for June, 5610 for me. We're done. Go Irish. Beat Lobos. Beat him.